Anyone who thinks that Pamela Anderson released the sex tape on purpose cannot sit with me. I, I mean, I that guy who says it later, I, know. I hate him. I, I hate so many people in this thing. So many people. It's a private honeymoon video, you fucking monsters. Jillian Benzavalli. Hello, Patrick Hines. Hey, fam. Just a couple quick ones before we sure. jump in. Don't forget to come and see us at Obsessed Fest. Yes. October 20th to the 22nd in Dallas, Texas. It's going to be you and me and Ellen and Joey, all your favorite podcasters, true crime personalities. Yes. We're doing a whole cult thing this year that we didn't do last year. We are. We're adding new guests that weren't there last year. So many people who were there are coming back. Rabia, Bob Ruff, Red Handed, and more that we just haven't even announced yet. Yeah. So stay tuned. Stay tuned and hold tight. Yeah. And tell the people about the Pates, girl. So the Pates is where we do all those like long form series, right? Yeah. Like the jinx and making a murderer and bad vegan. Anything that's like three, four, five, six, twenty 20 episodes like yeah. making a murderer was. And then you get the ad-free versions of these episodes too. Yeah. And you get a bunch of video content, live shows from yeah. Boston, live shows from Obsessed Fest, patreon.com slash truecrimeobsessed. So that's it, girl. What are we talking about today? We are talking about that show Rich and Shameless. Yes. Episode one. It's called The Crime Against Pam and Tommy. We did this with the Girls Got Wild guys. Yeah. This is the Pam and Tommy. Episode. Here we go. Celebrities have a price tag. Pam and Tommy were a hot commodity. Their image is out there for public consumption. When you're a celebrity, you don't own yourself anymore. You're putting yourself out there. You belong to me and to everybody else. And we're all going to profit off of it. At this point in time in the 90s, no one's ever done something like this. It's too late to stop the tape. I mean, it's all over the world people want to say is because they are getting a glimpse into something that they should not be watching. We had no idea back then that something that went out on the internet would be there forever. The Pam and Tommy Lee video created an industry. That tape was that impactful. It just blew the doors open. It's a great story. It's just unbelievable. You're about the first people to hear this. We meet a woman named Amanda Chicago Lewis. She's a journalist. Yeah, she, she sounds like she should have been like, a, what do they call the ones on the MTV? Oh, a VJ. Like a VJ, Amanda thinking, Chicago Lewis. You're thinking of Ananda Lewis from Woodstock. Totally. That's... <laughs> Do you Not know that her. for a time that's like all I wanted to be in the world was a VJ? I oh my god! To, I did like had gigs like where I was like doing on camera hosting for like music really? shows and stuff. Yeah, you would be great at that. I thought because it was pre podcasting. Totally. Before I was like, how can I talk about things that I like? Yep, yep. And still get paid, right? And have <laughs> so, it be a job yeah. and a career. But here we are. But Amanda Chicago Lewis tells us a story about a story. Well, she's the one who originally broke the how it was done, Pamela Tommy sex tape, like how it was stolen and brought to the world. Right. So she's at a party, and I met a person who used to work in the adult film industry. You know, he's telling me about weird experiences he's had in his life. And we're almost finishing up and he's like, oh yeah, also, I know the guy who stole the Pam and Tommy sex tape. And I was like, wait, what? That was a stolen tape? And Amanda goes, I'm sorry, it was stolen? Right. Well, it that, was stolen? That's like was news to the world because I think the popular assumption was that they like released it on purpose. Like we kind of knew they weren't into it, but were they really not into was it? it all were they an faking act? it? Yeah. Because it was great. It was like tabloid gold. Totally. So a lot of people, and they were wrong to think this, thought, oh, well, they just did it to stay relevant. It's so crazy that we're doing this. This wasn't even timed. Pamela Anderson is all over the news right now because her, she's her documentary is out. Her yeah. book is out. She was just in Chicago on Broadway. Yeah. We're nailing it with the timing, We're nailing girl. it. Well, just wait till you hear our Patreon. It takes place on Valentine's Day. We're recording it on That's Valentine's true. Day. Unplanned. <laughs> Universe. We're like, what, what's that you girl. girl? So the guy who stole the tape, according to Amanda, is a man named Rand Gautier. Right. And he was a part-time electrician, part-time porn studio worker. Whatever that means. Right. I barely know about I know. the electrician stuff. <laughs> part-time porn studio worker. Was he just like a lurker making all these people feel uncomfortable? We see a picture of him and it's just kind of like, I guess I wouldn't mind seeing him naked. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm more worried about yeah, the yeah. people who were naked. Like yeah. how many people, because we were not doing closed sets back then. And I, I, I still think work needs to be done with I, making everyone feel comfortable on a set to begin with. I agree. Who needs another guy like Rand lurking around when you're trying to work? I know. Well, anyway, this woman, Amanda Chicago, she tracks him down. He tells her everything. Told me the whole story. Also, this guy, JD, is here. Yes. This guy is an actual paparazzo. Like, he's trash, but he wants us to think that he was, like, one of the good guys. He was part of this whole mess. None of them are the good guys. Whenever these paparazzi bastards are in the show, they're like, yeah, I mean, Pam was pregnant, but we were, like, lurking around her house. 
almost like a 24 Spraying hours a day. Mace in her face. Jumping out of the bushes at her. But like, I was a good, I was a good guy. No, you weren't, no. sir. And that's why, like, this is kind of done like, come on, yeah. Richard Shameless show. Because it says videographer. Uh-uh. Uh, right. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. You can call it what you want, but don't, you can, you can call it paparazzi. Right. He's part of the paparazzi. So they tell us. The 90s was a time of glamour, rock, party, drugs, alcohol. Pamela Anderson kind of represented that era. She was sexy. She was wild. Pam Anderson was the face of all of it. She represented that era. She yeah. was super. She was like like a smoke show. She was on Baywatch. She was the most frequent cover star in Playboy's history. Yeah. And also, if you know anything about her story, like she was a nerd growing up. She wasn't like a bombshell in high school. Yeah. You know, so like the fact that but she, be- she was like. But she was like, you know, she looked like a normal pretty girl. Right. And now she was like, you're right. When you think of the 90s, you think of Pamela Anderson. And like bombshell. Like yes. when you think of that, you're yeah. just like, oh my. Like she was, she was so unattainably. Yes. Attractive. She's on Howard Stern, and Howard Stern is just like objectifying her, talking about her boobs. Why do we love this guy? Uh, who are you talking to? <laughs> you better look right through me. I mean, people fucking love Howard Stern. I know. He's just a pig. It's just, and and, it, and because like that became her brand, and I'm yeah. sure there were meetings with her agents, and like, she was like, that was just who and what she became. And I yeah. think like the wheels were off this train and like she was just there. There we go. Yeah, it's true. So we meet Natalie. How do you say her last name? I'm going with Raitano. Yeah. I love any Natalie I've ever met. I, so far. I love a Natalie. Natalie's have a good, and they all have, the Natalie to beat is Natalie Grillo who <laughs> totally. works here. She broke the mold with Natalie. Oh, what, Natalie Maines? Hello? Nat, that's what I, the other one I was thinking, Natalie on the book tour, people are like stopping her in the lobby for pictures. I'm seeing people, her she's all a, over she's social famous. media. I know she is. I love her. And she should be. I know. She works so hard. I love her. But they, they work together on that show VIP. Sure. And you know, Natalie is saying, we hit it off right away. And it was fun. And it was fun all the way through. She was the one that was the less dramatic out of the two of us. I was like, ah, everything's falling apart. She's like, it's not. <laughs> you know? She's like, I would run around being like, the world is falling apart. And Pam's like, girl, get your it's, shit together. Yeah, it really isn't. Look <laughs> at us. We're beautiful. We're on TV. We got it made. I'm the Natalie. You're the Pamela. Oh. <laughs> You know what I mean? I'm the Natalie. You're the Pamela. Okay. The world's falling apart. No, it's not. You're fine. <laughs> we, you're beautiful. We you're have had that TikTok. conversation no fewer than 800 times. I'm shocked we only had it once so far today. I know. Actually, no, that's not true. I came in. I hadn't seen you in a week. We both fell apart. It's true. So. You're right. Natalie is telling us everyone wanted to see her. Women wanted to be her. Men wanted to be with her. Yeah. Pam. And like Natalie. And I'm, I'm going to change that to everyone. Yes. Everyone was looking at everyone. Everyone either like wanted her for lack yeah. of a better term yeah. or wanted to be her. And I love that Natalie was like totally fine being the second banana. She was just happy to like be in Pam's orbit. But they were also so different. Like she was the brunette. Yeah. Pamela was the blonde. Like I think totally. they sort of. Everyone has something for everybody is all I'm trying to say. Talk about sex positive. <laughs> Absolutely. Except get that guy Randolph set. I don't no. think he has anyone's permission to be there. And he's, not, he's the guy who stole the thing and he's not here. Right. <laughs> he's not here. Now we meet Garen Swing. Yeah, he was a friend of Pam and Tommy's. Uh, he's very excited to talk about Tommy he's Lee. He's very excited. Tommy Lee was the drummer for Motley Crue. Party yes. animal, bad boy. Oh my God. When they're doing this like thing where they're telling us his backstory, we see him chugging a bottle of Jack Daniels yeah. in the middle of a show. Well, it's chugging. Motley Crue. I don't understand how there's a human body in which alcohol can be consumed that way. Okay, well, I urge you to either read or don't read The Dirt, which is like the telling of the story of Motley Crue. Oh my God, really? Yeah, and then Nikki Sixx's book, The Heroin Diaries. I like love a rock star autobiography. I love it so much. I remember I asked for it for Christmas once. <laughs> I, I asked for it for Christmas, The Dirt. Yeah. And my mom, when my mom bought it, thank you, mom. Oh my God. The guy was like, who are you buying this for? Because <laughs> it was very clear it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, and my yeah. mom was like, my daughter. My eight-year-old. Yeah, they were like, how? You know what, never mind. And I'm like, you almost fucked me, guys. I know. <laughs> I'm trying to read about the history of Motley Crue. What do you think? Don't, don't worry about don't who's reading worry it. Don't worry about it. Get an education it's here. It's not your business. Anyway, Tommy Lee loves sex. He was a bad boy, drugs, you know, the whole thing. Yeah, and this guy Garen is saying, I was like the first person to know about Tommy and Pamela. Well, because it happened so fast. Yeah. So they like saw each other from across. And also like everyone knows who Tommy is. Everyone knows who Pam is. Yeah. Pamela is going down to Mexico for a photo shoot and Tommy calls her and tells her he's coming. He's coming to find her. I'm coming to Mexico to find you. Okay. I just think that there is a less stalkery way to say it. And I have to wonder if they were a little bit in the same circles. Because Pam was like, not only was she super beautiful and hot, but she had that like rocker totally. woman vibe. Like she was wearing a lot of leather. Like yeah. it w- wouldn't surprise me if she like went to a couple of Motley Crue shows in LA. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. So like, I just also love that they're going to Cancun. Like she's going down to Cancun to do a photo do shoot. Do a photo shoot. 
<laughs> Cut to four days later, they're married. They get married on the beach. And we see, like, the pictures of it. And right. everyone is just saying, like, what a whirlwind romance it was. They were so in love. And also, like, that's great. Like, I'm not denying that. But yeah. they were so hot and horny for each other. <laughs> and, like, I let's mean, say that. I that very much comes through in the tape, well, which I watched over and over and over again. Did you? I've never seen it. Uh, in co- We get the stories. Like, everyone has the same story. Somebody had the tape. Uh-huh. and they had, There was, like, eight of us in a room. And I was like, I got to get me a copy of that. Yeah. It's, I know. I feel bad now because I think... I probably at the time was in the school of like, oh, they released it themselves or whatever. I would never have watched it if I had known that like they hated it as much as they did. I didn't know at the time. Well, no one was thinking about any no, of that. No, but they you know? really loved each other and they really loved having, they, they loved were, sexing each other. They were so hot for each other. So everyone, yeah. this whole part of it is, you know, Natalie, the friend is like the connection. And I'm like, the connection was super strong. Yes. I'm not denying any of yeah. that, but as stronger, stronger, they just wanted to bone. They thought, they thought, <laughs> I, I and know, that there's something so beautiful about they're it. They're both they, so sexy. Can you imagine? And they both like just adored and like wanted to devour each yes, other. Like yes, they yes. loved humping and they loved, <laughs> and they truly like only had eyes for each other. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, they yeah. really were they just really like, they really loved humping It was GP. the purest like hotness. Like yep. they just wanted each other's sex all the time. <laughs> Is that not what honeymoons are for? That's exactly right. Right. They just At one point, he's it. driving the boat with his peen. They just, is that yeah, right? Yeah, he's driving the boat with his with his not small peen. Well, it, that was the other thing, right? Yeah. Let's slut shame Pam, yes. says society, yes. and let's praise Tommy for how big his dick is. One That's all it was. One million percent. You know? oh, he was God. there too. Yeah, I was part of the problem. Oh, God. But it was one of those also, like so many of those, like I just want to do you all the time relationships yeah. are pretty tumultuous. There were a lot of fights. You know, it would go... High, low, high, low. They were two very different kind of souls from two very different kind of places. It was like she was the matches and he was the gasoline. He was the matches and she was the gasoline. Ooh, oh, That's a Motley Crue song right I there. I tell you, I've had one of those. Kickstart my heart, right? Now <laughs> I'm just right? going to name drop Motley Crue songs. No, all of the. You are equally like a 90-year-old gay man uh-huh. and like an 18-year-old Maggie Freeland. I know, it's true. <laughs> Right in the middle. Right in the right middle. Right in the middle, you get me. But also, on top of that, behind closed doors, it was tumultuous and hot and whatever, but it was also a media circus. Yeah. Because it was like, finally, like, almost these two, they were on the same level yeah. of, like, hotness and I guess just, like, being a badass. Yeah. And then they got together and the media went crazy. We see B-roll of Tommy going on, like, Letterman or whatever. Right. And he's, like, the guest after Jeff Probst. So it's Jeff Probst from Survivor, Survivor. sitting on the couch with Tommy Lee, Ooh. and they awkwardly shake hands. Tommy's so like, weird. hey, bro, Tommy's hammered. <laughs> Has no, Tommy has never seen an episode of Survivor, and I feel no. sorry for him about that. But also, but Tommy's one of those people who, Tommy, like I know him. Tommy <laughs> Lee could also be like, I watched every season. Totally. I think for weirdly, it could go yeah, yeah, either yeah, way yeah. where he has like fan favorites. And, totally. you know, and he's like, how shitty was that when that guy did that thing? Or he's like, what are you talking about? Oh my God, he like loved Boston Rob. Don't get me started. Sure. <laughs> right? Are you, were you a Cochran guy? Or I, I can't get into Should it now. Be. Be a Cochran. Okay. Yeah. In a world full of Boston Robs, be a Cochran, for sure. Great. Can't wait for my DMs to be like, how dare you? I'm like, I don't know. I didn't watch it. In a world full of Boston Robs, be a Cochran. That that hits hard for the right people. I'm not one of them. But God bless to all. I'm so happy you all have that moment. God bless. Because it seems like you really nailed it. Yeah, yeah. It seems great. But I'm... Over here listening to Motley Crue. I don't know anything about anything. Yep. Remember Dr. Judy? I do not. Oh, she was here. I I thought you were going to be like, oh my God, her? I didn't know. She was like a sex columnist. She was like a sex radio personality or something. No, I don't know who she is. But she's here to also say, Pam and Tommy represented a symbol of hot, desirable, rich, super celebrity, everything they could possibly want at their fingertips and everything that we wish we had. The hot, desirable, rich, super celebrity. Which only matters because we're all about to watch them have sex, which is wild. Right. So they're building a home together. Like, in every sense, they're building a home, but they're also literally building a house. Yeah, and I gotta say, like, I remember seeing the house in the video and being like, that house doesn't look that nice. Is that is that the Cribs house? I don't know. Oh. I, I don't know, but I would just remember being like, I don't know, it like it looks like we're like a big fucking kid who never grew up would live. You yeah, know, that's Tommy like, Lee. remote control cars and beer cans that's all over the place. That's Tommy Lee. Yeah. Ugh. Like, you know how they say that thing where, like, you kind of get frozen at the age you got famous or yes, something? And yes, I think Tommy Lee yes. got famous really young. And he's also just like a, ah, he does that a lot. <laughs> You know? I think he's so hot to this day. You love him. You know, he's on OnlyFans. Tommy Lee's on OnlyFans? Tommy Lee has an OnlyFans where he bears it all. From this to that. I mean... (laughs) 
know. I know. He is so, embracing it. So it's the summer of 95. They're building a house. They don't really trust the people who are working for them. So they fire a bunch of their workers. Well, uh, hold on. Okay. <laughs> Tommy okay. is convinced he's being ripped off. Yes. And he's upset and he fires a bunch of people. No. I can't imagine Tommy Lee's the easiest person to work for or with. One million percent. You Look, as a person who has had some home renovations done, you just have to understand that you're not going to understand. It's going to take longer than you want. It's going to cost more gonna than you want. It's never going to take You're always going to think the guy's ripping you off. They're probably just doing their jobs. And there's things that I can't do that they do. So you hire these people and to do And you just the don't know what it's worth. So like, you you know what I mean? Like So Tommy Lee, fucking calm down. Calm down. Also pay people. Uh, well, here's that. That's the thing. So yeah. Rand, the guy who stole the Rand Gautier who's lurking around the porn sets, yeah. he's owed $20,000. So he says. So he says. And the contractor allegedly is yeah. owed sixty grand. So that's $80,000 that, according to the story, Tommy Lee refuses to play. Which we all know how rich Tommy Lee is, by the way. And also, we never get to the bottom of this. Like, did Tommy Lee just not pay them? Like, we get lost. Like, all of this gets lost because of the right. horrible thing that happens next. Yeah. But, like, did they not get paid? Well, that's what I'm saying. So, like, according to Rand. They go back to get their tools. And Tommy allegedly points a gun at them and says, get the f off my property. Tommy Lee has a fucking shotgun and says, get off my property. Allegedly. So now not only is he down $20,000, but probably another $10,000 in the, tools. And the contractor is down sixty, right. $60,000. Plus like the backhoe he can't And it's get. just like allegedly, yeah. allegedly, allegedly. So, like, what, if I'm Tommy Lee, I'm like, fuck, I just made them get off my property. What am I going to do with this backhoe now? What's a backhoe? A backhoe is like the... It's the thing that like breaks up the ground. It's not just called like the claw, the construction <laughs> claw. Totally. That sounds like a... Ba I don't know. Maybe that name was taken. Okay. It must have been. ConstructionClaw.com. Who owns it? Totally. Who got it first? <laughs> so he tells him to get the fuck off his property, allegedly. Yeah. And so Rand, in his infinite wisdom, decides that because when like when a contractor is in your house and building a house, they kind of see everything. Like sure. they were building the house from scratch for it to be like their yeah. like dream oasis home. Yeah. So like those people are in your stuff. Like they, they know, know where everything shit. is. Yeah. So Rand, like, there's a 500-pound safe that's in the garage. Yep. And Rand's like, I'm going to steal that, and I'm just going to sell whatever is in it and get what I'm owed. Now, Amanda Chicago Lewis is back to say- You love saying her full name. <laughs> her middle name is Chicago. Know. You know what I mean? Cool. When Rand is telling her the story, he has multiple versions of how they got the safe out of the house. Uh -huh. In one of the versions, he did it himself, where, according to Chicago, he just used his brute strength of his legs and arms yeah. to get the, like, he lifted the 500-pound safe. Let's go through all those stories. I can lift up my 60 pound daughter. I mean, you know what I mean? I'm not, hey, if I'm, if you're a rock star and I'm working on your house and you screw me out of money, there is no chance I'm coming back for the safe. And a 500 pound safe, you're like, shit, that's pretty hefty. Yes. So now Rand tells the journalist, like, my whole plan was just to steal. I'm sure it's just filled with like diamonds and valuable things. Right. Like, he didn't know there was a sex tape in there. Of course. That's not what he was going to get. Yeah. But there was. And, you know, <laughs> right. and as Amanda. The rest is literally history. And well, as Amanda Chicago Lewis says, and this changes everyone's life. Forever. And then thunder strikes. Like, there's a thunder sound effect. And I'm like, okay, Richard Shameless, calm yeah, down. Yeah. So it's October 1995. Rand is stalking them for a few months, or yes. what he calls casing the joint. Rand, yeah. you're not allowed to say that. No. You haven't earned that. No. And Pam and Tommy go to London. Rand told me that the way that the heist began is that he jumped over their fence with a white Tibetan yak fur over his back in case anyone was looking that they would think he was a dog. He has a white Tibetan... This is one of his many stories. It's just like, we just did the bling ring where like all they had to do was climb over the Don't fence. Don't be suspicious. <laughs> Don't be suspicious. Sexy bandit. Uh, no, sexy, sexy bandit. Sexy bandit. Rand was not. But also, white is not what you wear to a heist in no. the middle of the night. Correct. Because someone's going to be like, what's that big gigantic animal doing? No, right. So like, again, just one of his stories, he gets somehow, whether it was him or him and a bunch of other people, right. they get the safe out, they throw it in the back of a truck. And they also steal the security tapes. Right. Well, because this is the time when like the security tapes were like, it wasn't digital, it was all analog. And I feel like you'd see the Tibetan yak <laughs> totally. dog creature yeah. on the tape. So I, Rand, I feel like that isn't what you did. 
Like, this story is so wild. I also feel like it takes Pam and Tommy, we're going to learn months to realize the safe it's is the gone. It's the Paris Hilton. I don't think Tommy and Pam are coming home from London and like, hey, you know what we should do over a bottle of wine? Let's review the security tapes. But, but also, like, okay, it's a 500-pound safe in the garage. You only, you just get it when you need the thing that's in there. Yes. No one is, like, checking on that because it's a 500-pound safe. If the bling ring taught us anything, it was that, like, no one in L.A. takes their security all that it's seriously. It's crazy. You know it's what I mean? wild. And they were so, so famous. Yes. And this was also before the internet that we know it today. This was 1995. So yeah. I think they just felt like, well, they have a gated, I don't know, there's a gate probably like, I don't know, a couple yards away. Who cares? Exactly. You know? Exactly. That's probably what they were thinking. So they get the tape off the property. Somehow they get it open. They don't tell us how. There's a lot of information we don't have about <laughs> well, this. Well, because you can't like blow up the safe, I guess. Right. Especially if you want the valuables inside. That's what I'm saying. And a 500 pound safe, like that must be pretty thick, right? Absolutely. But like they somehow get it open and inside they like find the tape. Now we meet Helen Ingley. Yeah. Who is the daughter of Milton Ingley. Also known as Uncle Milty. <laughs> Tell them what he does for a living, Jillian. He is the king, this is a quote, not my words, <laughs> no. the king of low budget porn. And Helen's like, I don't want anyone to judge me. Why would that be, Helen? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Because you're defending your dad uh-huh. who's a fucking creep? Because Helen tells the story about like... I would come home from work in my normal job and there would be people tied up in our living room. He'd be shooting a movie. And I thought, I just want a normal life. The dad was like shooting on location at their house. The low budget porn. Uncle Milty. Uncle, uncle. Uncle Milty. Disgusting. I now, I know. make your money, sure. do what you need to do, yes. as long as everyone is consenting and we're not exploiting anybody and yes. we're of age and we're human beings. Amazing. Yep. However, Uncle Milty doesn't give a shit about any of that. I can't believe I just called him that. That I'm, makes me uh, sick. I'm also saying, like, don't shoot porn in your house with your underage your kid. kid. Your, your underage, high school-aged kid. Right. You know what That's I mean? That's bad for everybody. No. So Helen just wants a regular job. She moves to Phoenix and becomes a flight attendant. And they always move to Phoenix. It's always <laughs> Phoenix. <laughs> you know, i got to say, the climate in Phoenix is pretty great. There's Good almost the hair, nothing right? not to like about like, the climate there. Because it's not humid. It's yeah. like a dry heat. It's true. Anyway, Milty calls his daughter one day. Yep. Ring, ring. And she's used to getting calls like this. Yes. He's always sort of, like, rapid, like he's always including. Her in these schemes. There also doesn't seem to be another parent in the picture, which is fine, but we just like, I think that like Uncle Milty was her only influence growing we up. You need like, to stop with the Uncle Milty. <laughs> it's so disgusting. I know, it's really gross. And he, you know, he was like, hey, honey, just call me okay, sweetheart. Just call me oh, gross. Gross, gross. The way he exploited all these people, I, I know. can just, I can imagine it. I know. Milty calls his daughter, and my dad said, uh, you need to come to LA. I need you to help me with something. And he gave me a strange request. He said, wear business attire, bring your social security card and um, your passport. Bring your passport, your social security card, and most of all, play it cool. And Helen asks no questions. She's like, I just want to help my dad get on a flight, probably in the jump seat for free because she's a flight attendant. Oh, the jump seat. You know what I mean? Cool. Helen shows up to meet her father, who's a nervous wreck. Yeah. He's not himself. (laughs) Uncle Milty is not the Uncle Milty we know from the living room. You know what I mean? Not in control. Wet and bullets. Yeah. And so Milton has, I thought we were going to stop with the Uncle Milty. (laughs) I thought you could get that one by me. I kind of like it because it freaks you out. (laughs) So Milton has his daughter hide these tapes that they found in a safe deposit box at the bank. Yes. And the plan was to hold the safe for ransom. But Helen, as she describes her dad, being the character that he is, decided to blow the safe open and exploit the whole situation. Because, like, can you imagine your Uncle Milty, and, like, so what happened was, Rand brings the tape to Milty because he's in the porn business, and Rand is like, do we have something here? Uncle Milty puts the VHS in the VCR. Oh, my God, those letters. I know. And, like, all of a sudden, there's Tommy and Pam having sex. And Uncle Milty knows, he doesn't know how, but he knows they can make millions. Yeah, right? Yeah. So, they, he made copies of the tapes, they go in the safe deposit box, and he destroys the originals. He hands me a pair of pliers, and said, cut up these tapes. And I'm tearing them up, throwing them out, and it was flying down the five freeway. That's where the original tape ended up. So the video is Pam and Tommy on their honeymoon having sex. They're hanging yes. out on a boat and Amanda Chicago Lewis, your I best friend. I love that you're describing it like everyone listening hasn't seen it. You're the only one who hasn't watched it. Me and Pam, she hasn't I watched it either. She lived it though. You know, I gotta tell you, if I had seen this first, I would never have watched yeah. it. Yeah. Because they they hate it. They like Especially yeah. her. Even him. You can see when Tommy's like doing that Carson Daly show and Carson's like trying to make jokes about it. He's like not, he's uncomfortable. Right, but they're different jokes that yes. Pam gets. Yeah, it's like, oh, you're so big. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Wow, what a stud. Uh-huh. But she's the slut. 
what? Like no, what? I know. But what we learned from your best friend, Amanda Chicago Lewis, yeah. is that it's like an hour long tape, but only seven minutes of it was sex. Yeah. They were on their honeymoon. And I got to tell you, having watched that tape for the sex, you watched the entire hour because it's all fascinating. Because like from what I'm hearing, you yeah. tell you correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Most of the time they're just talking about how in love they are. They are. They're just like, I love you, baby. You're I love so you, baby. Hot, baby. You're so hot. And then like he's swimming naked. Then she's swimming naked. And then they're dry. Then he's driving the boat with his peen. Like, then they're having sex honeymoon. for a few minutes. You know what I mean? And it, it really was like, it is just like two people living their lives. And the clips that have been shown, like just that are in pop culture, like he's holding. The, it wasn't like they yeah. set it up. It was no. just like, I have the camera here. And then yeah. like the camera gets put down and they get down to business. That's it's why there's very only much seven just minutes. For them. And it, like the context of it, I think is so it's important. Also it's also like pre-internet. So like where as you might be thinking like, why would any famous person do that if they didn't want it to get out? This was before the internet. Right. So there was no it getting out. The only way it would get out would be if the contractor broke in your home and stole You're the safe. You're in a yak safe. fur. And the th- <laughs> Please. <laughs> and the thing is, like, they also weren't, like, watching it all the time. No. Like, it was something that they had on their honeymoon. Which is and weird, intimate. because if I was either one of them and had made that tape, I would do nothing. I would still be watching it. You know what they probably did? What? Mirrors all over that bedroom. Everywhere. They'd be like, Patrick, we made this tape in 1995. It's been 80 years. You're still, I'm still watching their it. Their bedroom, I would I would assume. Yeah. Now I'm just guessing here. Now I'm just going <laughs> Mirrors everywhere, but the walls curve. Yeah, oh yeah. So you really get every angle yep. there. Yeah, my Round God. bed. Maybe God. the bed spins. I don't mean to be objectifying, but they are both so perfect looking. I mean, it's like, whatever, which, yeah. is, why, which is why we're here, right? Yeah. But again, like, it wasn't like they were being careless. Like, they right. made this intimate tape, put it away in a 500-pound 500, a 500 safe. Yeah, and the dad says to Helen, Oh my gosh, it is absolutely pure gold. We're going to make millions off of this. He knew he was going to probably get in trouble. But he didn't care. This was a gold mine. We know we're going to make millions off this. So this is when Milton takes over the whole operation. Yes. Because he is in the porn industry and he now takes over the distribution or the, the what they want to distribute. Yes. Because he's just saying that, like, we know we can't release it in the United States because Tommy and Pam will, like, shut the whole thing down. So he's got to come up with a plan. So now we get a little bit of history here. As we know, we've done this a thousand times. Are you excited? Your people are here. Porn and organized crime have a long, <laughs> close relationship. Yes. Louis Butchie Perino, as he's called. I would assume Perino, but I guess Perino. He lends, this guy, Butchie, lends Milton about $80,000 to cover the distribution costs. Yes. So now, so all of this is happening. It's November 1995. Pam and Tommy do not know that that safe has been stolen. It's they been know a nothing. month. It's been a month. And like, how often are they going into the garage with a 500-pound safe? Because that's, that's what the 500-pound safe is doing everything it's supposed to do. Right. Out of sight, out of mind. Everything 100%. is safe. It's 500 pounds. Yep. There's no need to check on no. it. That's why you have a 500-pound safe. And they're still newlyweds, so it's like, why watch the tape when we can just recreate it every minute of every With day? With the mirrors. Pam, exactly. please let us know what the mirror situation was like in that bedroom. But I was saying, I made the note that if I had a sex tape in a safe, I'd be checking on it every five minutes. Well, of course. It would ruin my life. Today? I, in, the, in the year of Of course. Beyonce, if I made a sex tape, can you imagine? Not that anyone would want to watch it or that it would ever get I out. I think but plenty of people would. My fear, I would need to know where that tape was at all I times. Know, I know. Do you have an air tag on your kid? No, but I have it on my sex tape. Right. So now we meet Anthony Pelicano, P.I. to the stars. Yeah. And Anthony tells us, like, look, because they were building their house from scratch, like, there were a ton of people in their house all yeah. the time. And also, like, they're popular and they have a lot of friends. And so they're, like, shaking down all their friends. That guy, Garen, that we met earlier, he's accused. Oh, my God. And, like, basically anybody who has access to their house is, like, a suspect. And, like, and as like, they should be, kind like, of. Tommy, why aren't you thinking about the guy you had the gun to his head to, like, keep his tools and not give him the no 20 grand? No one's like, Tommy, do you have any enemies? And he's like, plenty. The right. band Poison you comes to mind. <laughs> That Brett Michaels guy, get him the hell out of here. Can you imagine? So it's March 1996. We're back with Helen. She says her dad was friends with everyone in L.A. in the porn business. They're trying to figure out how to get the tape out there. He was friends with the owner of Penthouse, so he took it to him. It's still not legal for Penthouse to sell the tape, but they publish a story about the tape and describe what's on it in great detail. They, like, basically watch it and then, like, describe it as an article in the magazine. Like, as explicit as they can. Yeah, and we learn here, this is a thing I don't understand. Pam and Tommy are, quote, fighting really hard to keep it from being released, but they keep losing in court. This, uh, yeah, I, I will never get this. I don't understand this, but they know that someone is trying to sell or distribute it yes. or get it out there. So what Pam and Tommy do, and none of this is clear, and I have questions later on, too. Pam and Tommy start suing everyone that they think 
has the tape. Yes. And that makes the story blow up, and now everybody knows about the tape. Right. So the more, which, but I understand, like, if I'm Pam, because Pam's, like, they're devastated, but mostly Pam. Yes. Like, it's a total violation. It's front page news. Everyone's assuming that she did it on purpose. She also assumes it's going to be the end of everything for her She's if it gets out. She's a mother. Yes. She yes. has this movie coming out. Like, it's just the worst. But now I can imagine that she's like, just do anything we can to stop it. Yes. But that also just makes it more popular. So, and like, we see this, like, they can't go anywhere. They were super famous before this. Now they're being hounded everywhere. We're back with that JD guy, the paparazzi oh. guy. He's saying like, yeah, she was pregnant. We were stalking her and staking out their house, jumping out of the bushes at like two o'clock in the morning. And he tries to describe it. He's like, guys were jumping out of the bushes. You were one of them, JD. Don't uh, get exactly. it to I know exactly what you're saying. And then the baby is born and like everyone, like that girl, Natalie, the friend is saying yeah. like, so much pressure for a brand new couple and learning how to be a mom for the first time. And then you have to deal with that on top of everything. I think it was a, a tough cross to bear for sure. And she's trying to, like, have a career. Right. On top of it. And they just keep saying, like, they're losing in court, like, to add insult to injury. And I don't understand how that's possible. I, I actually have in my notes, I do not understand how is that possible. Right. I, I just don't get it. No. And they just don't go into any detail. But now, like, they've had enough. Like, yeah. the pressure is really on. And now this is that famous, famous footage outside the Viper Room. So we're at the Viper Room, which is always my favorite place to go in a documentary. Sure. <laughs> outside the Viper Room in yeah. the 90s? And it's like, exactly. Are it's you like kidding? two in the morning. And we see Tommy and Pam walking out paparazzi everywhere. Tommy grabs this paparazzi guy. It's JD. Oh, is that JD? It's That's who JD. that was? Grabs him by the fucking JD. camera. Yeah. He whips the guy around like he weighs nothing. JD won't let go of the camera. He ends up like rolling down the sidewalk. And spraying pepper spray. Yeah, so he gets up and then sprays mace into the car and like it gets in Pam. It gets in Pam's mouth. It's like a melee. Like yeah. it's crazy because Tommy is furious. Pam is furious. The paparazzi love every second of yeah. this. So they're egging the on. And Pam is like screaming at the paparazzi. She gets out of the car and like she's doing what any of us would do. She's right. furious. And what they do, I like know. everything about this is so vile. The fact that like it was on their honeymoon and it was still like this is just so disgusting and no one's like thinking about her in this moment because they're trying to instigate, right? Yes. They're trying to get a reaction yes. out of her. Oh yeah, where's your child this time of the morning? Where's your baby? Where is your baby? She's with my mother. I will fucking kill you. Yeah, where's your baby at this hour of the morning? Yeah, she's not at the Viper room. She's exactly. with my mother. Exactly. She's I mean, babysat. They're, like you're saying, they're just trying to get her to lose her mind. And she, you can see she knows it. Of course. But she still can't help herself. And who like, who hasn't been in that moment? But who had, like, no one has been in Pam, that moment yeah, with Pam. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And, like, we are putting ourselves there and being like, oh, like, anyone would lose it at that moment. Yes. But, like, everything sort of came to a head there. And then, where's your baby? I like, know. fuck off. And, like, who are these people? What kind of, like, terrible person do you have Get to be? Get a job! I know. To be a paparazzi, like, how do you end up there? How do you, like, how does one become a paparazzi? Right, like, dude, I think, honestly, you just, you realize it's a great way to make some money. God. I guess, but you, like, it's just a soulless gig. It's so just soulless. And there's a di there's difference in, like, oh, I'm, like, I'm a photographer and I'm going to this event to get uh -huh. a really great photo of right. Pam No, but and when you're antagonizing a celebrity to get them to react, so you can get a picture of Pam Anderson screaming at you, Please. how do you sleep at night? Yeah, Britney Spears would like a word. Exactly. So Milton sits on the tape for a year. Yes. Because he knows that distributing it is illegal and he kind of loves that there's all this drama, but so he like doesn't know what to do about it for a year. So he flies to Amsterdam. In where early 1997. <laughs> That's important. Yeah. The time is important. Also, he asks his daughter Helen to buy him the ticket. I'm like, do you not know how to buy your own fucking plane ticket, Uncle Milty? He just, to me, I just see him like laying on a couch with a stain on his shirt. He oh, doesn't yeah. like, and everyone else has to do everything for him. I hate this guy. 100%. This is the very beginning of the internet. He gets his own dot com and like builds a website. At that time, the internet was just barely starting. Everything was dial-up. There was no streaming. So you had to see it on VHS. He had separate companies. You sent the money to a P.O. box in Canada and somebody from another location shipped you the tape. You send money into the website and then they mail you the video, but it's all done internationally. Well, I want to slow down on this because yeah. children listening yeah. at home, it's hard to understand the situation because we all live on and with the internet yes. and like are sort of like just, we just, uh, that's the life now. Yeah. But the internet, it's 1997. The internet was barely a thing. So it wasn't streaming. No, it was all dial up. But they would mail you the video. Yes. Because you couldn't stream it. And somebody says this sex tape was so popular. It is the thing that created 
created the need for streaming. It was like the idea of this particular thing right. that made like innovation happen so that streaming could become a thing. So you know how things go viral? You see a TikTok, it has 8 million views, and yeah. it goes viral because we're holding this thing in our hands yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. so easy. Yeah. This thing went viral with like the six to eight weeks yeah. it took to finish the process of getting to the website placing the mail, the money, the check order, whatever it is, then waiting for it to be sent to you internationally for weeks. And and then the person would say, well, I have two VCRs. I'm just going to make this. And that was how it went viral. And the thing about this, it's wild too, because that's how everybody knew somebody who had the tape. Somebody Uh would like mail in and actually get it. Then 80 people would come over to their house and watch it. And that's why all the famous footage that's been like in pop culture is so grainy. Exactly. Because it's not the original. It's just been copied and copied and copied. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Think about, like... It's so wild. And how, like, now we live in the world where something goes viral for, I'm not kidding, for a day. Yes. And then if you weren't on TikTok that day, you yep. missed it. Or if Remember, you Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. And I didn't know what it was. Because you weren't on TikTok, TikTok for, that day. Yeah, for one for the, day. Or even uncut a week. Gems. Yeah, Uncut Gems. Or whatever. <laughs> I don't even... Who is that? I don't... It doesn't matter. Again, because things go so fast. But I know. think about what it meant for something to go viral when it took six weeks from your interest in the thing yeah. to you getting the thing. Think about that. I think the VHS tape in America was, um, this says that it's 106. It really raked in a lot of money. I have no earthly idea how much. I would say uh, millions. He spent every dime of it. And he spent every last penny. Helen's like, he sp- I never saw a dime of that money. Great. She describes him like he loves living in Europe. He thinks he's like some big baller in Amsterdam, smoking cigars at his outdoor cafes. Perfect. <laughs> what a barfy. Whatever. What a barfy doof. So barfy. What a barfy doof. A barfy doof. <laughs> Helen should have a shirt that says, I'm with the barfy doof. And it's pointing to her stupid dad. <laughs> what a barfy doof. Barfy dooftastic voyage. Everyone had the tape. People were fascinated by it. It was like, part of the fascination was like, they knew they shouldn't be watching it. And it was like a glimpse into their lives. And it feels like a victimless crime, right? Because like, Pam was a sex symbol. So she should be used to this. What's the the problem, Pam? We're thinking you're sexy. You were in Playboy a hundred times. And I got to tell you too. That's what everyone else is saying. I'm not saying it. You know, my fascination, I remember watching it in college. I remember exactly where I was when I saw it the first time. Really? Yeah. Like there is, again, I mean, I I don't know where my moral compass was at the time, but I did definitely believe that they had put it out there on purpose. Uh-huh. And there's something so, there was at the time something so, so crazy about watching incredibly famous sure. people have sex. Mm-hmm. You know? And honestly, the sex isn't even that hot. It's just like two people having sex. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Right. It's just like normal, hot people living their hot lives. But they weren't normal. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? No, totally. That's what it was. But that's why, because they, they were just like, see, they were so, so, so famous. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Imagine now, like, Ryan Phillippe, for example, like, shows his but in the movie. Now, you can find that image any time of the day, any day Heartbeat. of the week. I can find it right now for yeah. you. Back then, that wasn't a thing. Like, you would see, like, a butt shot in a movie. That was the only time you saw Ryan Phillippe's butt. And you're right. like, if you want to see it again, you got to go back to the movie theater. It was just such a different, like, nude, naked celebrities at the time. It was a completely different world. Right. If you're wondering, I spent a lot of my days thinking about Ryan Phillippe's butt. Yeah, I know. I spent, <laughs> I spent a lot of time thinking about Cruel it. Cruel Intentions is back on streaming, by the way. Is that right? I watched it the other day. There's a part in my book where I talk about Ryan Ryan Phillippe's butt mm-hmm. and it's in the book tour and I was at one theater and I was reading that part and I heard a rustling in the wings and I thought for just a moment that like Steve was going to surprise me with Ryan Phillippe. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway. I know, I know, I so know. Pam was slut shamed. She 100% got the worst out of this deal yeah. and it became about her and like she's on Jay Leno and she's like, it's actually not funny. It's pretty yeah. devastating. And yeah. he's like, oh, you slut. But then she's on Howard Stern and like with Natalie and the other women from that show. Right. Somebody calls in and was like, Pam? Yeah. Hi, I think you're absolutely beautiful, but I have to ask you, why are you making yourself look like a slut? What are you talking about? Why do you think she's a slut? Anything you girls have not done? You have a lot of nerve calling up here and calling someone a slut. Really? Right. Why are you allowing yourself to look like such a slut? Uh I mean, can you imagine the audacity of making that phone call? Yeah. And thinking that it's okay. Like uh, publicly. Like you're you're saying it out loud and then you're saying it on like the most popular, most listened to radio station on earth at the time. Yeah. And like Tommy was like a big like joke about how big his dick was. But Pamela, someone said, Amanda, the journalist, your best friend says that she wasn't classy enough to deserve our sympathy. So that was the line that stood out to me the most. Right. And that is so true. It's so true. I remember, like, I wouldn't have been able to put it in so many words at the time. Right. But she was, like, air 
air quotes trash. You know what I mean? She was lowest common denominator. It was Baywatch. Baywatch. You know. And like they were, like the culture in the 90s, we talked about this when we were doing the Girls Gone Wild right. thing, that like women, like they weren't entitled to their bodies if they flashed their boobs. They're not yours, they're ours. Right. And then like on that small level with Girls Gone Wild, with Pamela Anderson, like she was such a sex symbol. Yeah. But that- people also thought she was stupid. You know what right. I mean? She was like the dumb blonde. But you know? on top of her being such a sex symbol, people thought that they owned her. Right. That because she was so sex positive, which yes. wasn't a term back then, by yep. the way, but because she was on Playboy the most out of anyone, well, I can see her naked whenever I want. She put it out there once. Yep. So now I can see this very private honeymoon video that she made with her husband when they're really just talking about how much they love each other. Yeah. And the other thing we learn eventually, too, is that Tommy and Pam never made a dime off of this thing. Other people no. made almost $100 million. Right. So it's October 1997. This has been happening for a year. And this guy, Court St. George, is an internet entrepreneur. This fucking guy. I just don't like his attitude from the minute he sits down. It's very like, oh, oh, is that what happened? Uh Court, you were there. (laughs) Court St. George. Yeah. James St. James. Oh, my God. The the biggest name of them all. This guy's got, like, a major, like, gay porn career, I'm telling you. Fine. So he, like, tells us this whole story about how, like, he's, like, on a business trip. He's in L.A. And he goes to some bro's office. And he asked me if I'd heard of the Pam and Tommy video and. I really had not even heard about it. That's how removed I was from that world. He said, well, it's getting couriered over, so why don't you stay and watch it? I'm like, sure. Why don't you stick around and watch some porn with me, bro? And then Court is like, cool, also, idea happening, light bulb going off. Court has this idea to send it over to, quote, this guy in Seattle. The guy in Seattle is named Seth, and he's an internet porn pioneer? Yeah, and I guess, like, I got, that was probably a thing in the late 90s, you know what I mean? Because, like, look at internet porn now if you got in early. Uh, Yeah, I don't want to give him credit for pioneer, but basically it was, like, uncharted territory. It's true. So And so this guy, Court, like, sees his bro friend's, like, sex tape, calls up the guy in Seattle, and he's like, hey, I've got this sex tape. Can you do anything with it? And the guy, Seth is like, I'll take it off your hands for $10,000. Now, here's where I'm like, wait a second. I I thought the tape was everywhere. Right. $10,000 is pretty expensive for a tape that was viral before viral existed. But see, for me, I think it it was only viral in the sense that people were getting mail-ordered copies. No one had put it on the internet yet. Seth Warshawski issues a press release saying we're going to air the Pam and Tommy sex tape on our website. All you have to do is buy a subscription and you can watch it. It was like the first internet porn that you could watch online. Totally. And I hear that. Yeah. But can't he just do the mail order thing and save himself 10 grand? Yeah, but like, you know how porn works. You want it like right now. How many dipsy ads have we done? (laughs) Done a lot. (laughs) Fair enough. Like, porn is like, I'm horny right now. Let me wait six to eight weeks. I know. But people people did and made that Milton idiot yeah. millions of dollars. It's true. But I mean, like, and Court, the guy who's selling the tape to the guy in Seattle, is like, this idiot's going to give me $10,000. What a doofus. But also. What a dummy face. Egg on my face. Because I, know. I was I know. wrong here. Yeah. So he, like, puts it up on his website. He also, the, that Seth guy in Seattle has this great idea. He's like, I know this super popular radio DJ. In order to promote that you can subscribe to my website and watch the video. I'm going to do an interview with this radio host who I know sucks. We'll get to that in a second. He's the worst. But basically, the radio host and staff watch the video in real time and are explaining, like, they're, like, describing it to the audience and that's how the Seth guy found his internet audience. Like, as much as they can without getting in trouble by the FCC, right? Which was also, like, ooh, like, that was all part of the whole Z Morning Zoo bit, right? Yeah, So this shitty radio host, I don't know his name, I don't care, I didn't write it down. He's sitting here. He's the worst. Crotch first. Yeah, Totally. Just a little throwback. <laughs> Sitting there like the asshole he is. And he's like, to this day, yeah. he's like chewing for some reason. I just hate him so much. I know. And so he's saying to today. He's like in a folding chair on his patio. Good for you, I fucking don't. bro. Get out of my face. He's the kind of guy who wears sunglasses inside. Million percent. Right. So he is saying, he was like, I do not believe that that tape was stolen. I believe that the tape accomplished what I think Pamela Anderson wanted it to accomplish. It it put her back in the national conversation. It put her back in the national conversation. And I'm sitting here thinking, 
When was she not in the conversation? I know. The whole point about why this is so, quote, valuable and why so yeah. many people want it is because she never left the conversation. Everyone was talking about her. She was so famous and Tommy was so famous. What are you talking I know. about? I know. She was in every conversation. Also, like, to have no internal reflection, to say, like, how fucking misogynistic right. is that? To right, be right. like, she wanted it. She, like, you know what I mean? It's... And why is it? That's so right. Because why isn't it them? Why right. isn't it they yeah. put it out exactly. there? Why that's is it what just I mean. her fault? Yeah. yeah. Fucking guy. But the courts keep rolling against them, and I don't understand why, and no one's explaining it you to know, us. You know, Pam explains it a little bit in some, like, footage towards the end, where she says that she was told by the courts that because she had such a long history with Playboy, they couldn't do anything about the release of the sex tape. I, I don't—that doesn't make any sense to me. Me either. They're two completely different things, and this was stolen property. Right. That point is so salient. We need to say that again. Yeah. This is stolen it's property. It's stolen property. Playboy was a gig. That was totally right. different. Right, Like, I, play, wait a second. Like, this was stolen. It was on their honeymoon yep. and it was locked away in a 500 pound safe how is it the same and then Pam and Tommy make the worst mistake like not to blame the victims but I know no you know what happens is the guy Seth who's gonna put it on the website he's like the internet porn pioneer or whatever and remember think this is 1997 yeah. this is not the way the internet is now so no. just remember that so what happens is like Pam and Tommy have been in court over and over trying to get it shut down finally they kind of accept that it's not going away so they they meet with this Seth guy and sign this like waiver basically giving him the right to air the tape because in their understanding in their 1997 brains they're like the internet's not a thing nobody knows what that is right. no one's gonna like tune into the internet to watch our sex tape if we sign this thing and stop talking about it it'll just go away yeah. and it just goes the other way and no one could have predicted no, that because that's just the way the world was like no one was doing internet porn this guy was the first to do it yeah and for whatever reason like because it's called it's a general waiver of liability so they basically what they end up doing and I don't know what, where their lawyer was in all this, yeah. but they sign everything away. And they sign it away for free, by the way. Yeah. They get no money for this. And their only thinking was, if we just sign it away to this guy, it'll die. You know, it'll go away. It'll die. But instead, we are told, this is where we're told. That tape was that big of an event that it woke the world up to the Internet. It forced the development of technology to be able to stream video. It demanded that we invent the technology uh -huh. to make it more viewable. It's because of the Pam and Tommy tape that people started working on streaming. Right. And even before that, now it's like 1998, like the years are just going by yeah. and the interest is not fading. Nope. At all. And so it's Seth- still, I, I Googled it today. It's still one of the top watched videos on the internet. I'm sure it is. Wherever it is, because it's everywhere You now. can probably, you can just, I can watch it for free right now 100%, if I wanted to, right? 100%, yes. Nope. So it's February 1998. I'm not going to do that, by the way. Yeah. But it's February 1998, and the Seth guy sells the physical distribution rights to the tape to, like, the biggest company in L.A. Because now he owns the rights. Pam and Tommy have signed away. Their, he can do this legally. Now it's in every sex shop. It's in every adult video store. Yeah. It made $77 million in one year. Pam and Tommy didn't see a penny. And they, Pam was in an interview talking about how they were offered $5 million cash the year before to sign the rights over to somebody else, and they turned it down because yeah. they were still trying to fight to get it, like, shut down. Right. Which I don't, I need a lawyer I know. to explain it to me because they don't get into it at all. It's wild. It's so, like, it was stolen property. Right. I don't understand it. I, I know. I'm with you. Like, but eventually they did sign the waiver giving the right to this guy to do it. Right. But before that, how were they losing in court? I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Yeah. So now I like, I don't care about how this tape quote destroyed Milton because someone made more money than he did. Right. Next. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Everyone's like real sorry they were involved I all know, these I years know. later. And like, Rand, that guy who originally stole it, yeah. didn't make a penny either. Nope. It ruined his life. People are still bringing it up to Pamela, including you, Andy Cohen, by the way. So this is the thing. This was like from a couple of years like ago. Like too recent. Yeah. Natalie, Pam's friend, is saying, I'm always so impressed with how much grace she has. She rides right over it. She acknowledges it, but rides over it. It doesn't define her anymore. It was a moment in time. There are so many more important moments that... She has accomplished, she has always risen up, focused something on another cause, and she knows her stuff, too. She acknowledges it, she cruises right past right. it, doesn't linger she on it. She shouldn't have to. That's what I'm saying, like, enough. Like, Andy Cohen, like, and that was, pro this came out probably a couple years ago, so we're saying around 2020. Yeah. Even if it's 2019, even if it's 1999. It's 25 years later. Like, what, and so Andy's like, oh, you haven't seen it? Oh, Pam, it's fantastic. I know. Andy... 
trash. Like, be fucking better. I know. There are plenty of things to talk to her about. And when you get the sense that she's uncomfortable about it, move on. And you also look like you're so fucking out of touch. I know. Like, there are kids who are on the internet now who are making viral videos who, like, weren't even a rat, like, who didn't care about the Pam and Tommy thing. Like, yeah. nobody cares, Nobody Andy. cares. But she, like, now, you know, she's an environmentalist. Yeah. And she leveraged the attention that she got to, like, promote her causes and things that were important to her. And she really just, like, stood up and stood really strong in the face of this rampant misogyny. And it's amazing that, like, she's just back in the news so much now because she's so fucking cool. Yeah. And she's telling her story and she's, like, ready to tell that story. And nobody, I will not believe Tim Allen that he didn't fucking flash his dick at her. He totally did. What? Have you heard this story? No. So... She's been telling this. It's a. It's in the book, and it wasn't meant to be like a big story. She just said like her first day on Home Improvement. Tim out. She walked out of her dressing room. Oh my room. god, she was on Home Improvement. Yep. He flashes peen at her and goes, "I've seen you naked. Now we're even." And like he was. Pam tells the story like he was joking. It made me uncomfortable, but like things like that happen to me all the time. All the time. It was a paragraph. She moves right past. Tim Allen has gone on like a media tour saying he never did that. Fuck you, Tim. Who Allen. fucking believes that? Nobody. Who believes that? Nobody. What an asshole. <laughs> What an asshole. Tim Allen. I'm talking about Tim Allen today. God. Talking about raining on my parade. Right, Daisy? Oh, my God, girl. We did the... What's it called? It's called... So, it's an episode of a show called Rich and Shameless, but it's the crime against Pam and Tommy. Yes. Oh, my God. What a wild one. I know. Team Pam. Fam, join us on the Patreon. It's where you can get over 350 full ad-free bonus apps to download and binge right this second. Yeah. We just did Captive Audience. We're starting Killer Sally. So good. Yeah. We're doing we're doing a lot of good stuff over there. Come see me on my traveling book tour. Oh, You better go see I it. am having the best time. We've added a bunch of cities. We added Indianapolis. We sold out there in one day. So, we added a second show. Fun. We are doing Kansas City. I'm adding more shows soon. We've got shows coming up in Orlando and Atlanta and Seattle and L.A. So I'm doing this all summer long. We're going to keep adding cities. Yeah, I was going to say, are you adding more cities? We are adding more cities. One international. One international situation. And come to Obsess Fest. Come to Obsess Fest. It'll be a grand old time. It's going to be so good. Those tickets are selling fast again. So just a reminder, Dallas, Texas, October 20th to the 22nd. Come hang out with us. Yeah. What are we doing next? We are doing actually speaking of obsessed fest we are doing so you know that show on hulu web of death which i say is the, yes. the worst thing for a show since true crime obsessed yes 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 um but there's an episode <laughs> yes. with bob ruff oh and yes. it's covering the edward eights case and because web of death again it's a terrible name yeah but it sounds like like spooky and scary and weird no yeah. it's about it follows investigations of online sleuths and like how people on the internet can like help change the world and like get innocent people out of prison bob ruff oh, shit. So there's like a whole episode with bob and it's episode three so we'll sprinkle the series in, yeah. like we do with, you know, Rich and Shameless or whatever, but yeah. we let's start with Bob Ruff. No? Bobby! Right? I love him so much. He's so great in it. Like, he's such, he's such a crier, which I, I love, know. and he's just like, it's so great. So let's start with Bob Ruff, and then those episodes will be sprinkled in down the line. Okay, amazing. Okay. Alright, fam, we love you. We love you so much. Okay, bye. Bye. Searching for the game that you're looking for is actually very similar to the work I do as an investigator. The most important skill involved in any of those things is patience. A woman in her late 40s, naked, face down, whose throat had been slit. This is a very, very violent crime scene. Innocent people don't lie. I just know in my gut there's more to this case. I think that they may have gotten the wrong person. Probably one of the worst days of my life. There's a truth out there that we know exists. Oh, shit, I pulled up Killer Sally. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Sorry. You know, one of us came to work today. I know. There are some people who smartly take an off-ramp. Like, I think, what's his name, Rand? Yeah. Was like, okay, this is weird. They're too famous. The guy had a gun to my head last time I was at his house. Right, like, You take I'm the out. tape, go with God, I'm out of here. Whatever. Yeah. Rand, you started this whole... Yeah, so Rand throws the grenade and then runs away. Thanks a lot, Rand. <laughs> totally. Not getting any credit. <laughs> It's where we... It, oh, my God. It's been a minute since we've recorded. Oh, my God. You okay? <laughs> yes. Tom and Pammy and their people will shut it all down. Did you call her Pammy? Did I call her Pammy? <laughs> she said I said Tom, Tom and Pammy. Pammy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>